big down payments. Thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I says to myself, self, go to Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then? I ended up at some other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home $350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander. Outlander. Welcome, welcome everybody to my awesome Friday evening. You're listening to me, Outlander. Welcome to the show. Get cozy. It's raining again. Did you guys see? Did you look outside? It's raining. It's cool. I love rain, but a lot of people like Joe are flooding. Oh, say a prayer for Joe, everybody. Um, <laughs> you guys, if you don't know where you've landed, I'm not going to tell you. So I'm going to keep on rolling. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, this show is about bringing outlandish and interesting topics to the forefront from aliens, angels, ghosts, demons, holy encounters, shadow people, to Bigfoot, to the outlandish. And I always say if it's weird, we're here, and now you are too, so you're just as odd as I am. To learn about me, go over to my website, HeidiHollis.com. I always say I'm someone who's been there, seen that, experienced it, freaked out, found some answers, wrote about it, got over it, and now I'm hoping to help you guys do the same darn thing, just so you know why I answer some of the questions that I do. Um, I have a wide range of stuff that I like to cover and delve into and investigate, research. I don't like to experience it always, though. Mm -mm. Nope, it just, just happens, and... Lucky me. <laughs> um, I also want to tell you guys how you can hear this awesome program because there are some very unique ways that you can do that, which is through an app. Now, how cool is that? IRN Inception Radio Network app. Go to the store on your smartphone and grabbeth it. Is that a word, grabbeth? I made it up and I'm going to coin the term. There we go. Um, you could also hear this show by phone. You could call... One of two numbers, 1-832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. And um, that's really kind of awesome. My parents use it all the time, and uh, I think it's convenient. And, you know, I do like talking to you people. I know a lot of you are, like, using that beautiful app or just going online and listening to the, the program at another time, but, you know, feel free to call in, 1-888-919-2355, or if you want to get in touch with me and share your insight, your research, I don't care, I don't care what it is, if you guys want to make a point, 
I'll read your stuff off. Why not? If it's not like outrageous and um, kinky, <laughs> you can Skype your questions to me, or you can also just email me your questions and comments, research, whatever, um, to dustoutlander at gmail.com. That goes directly to me, and I will take a look, okay? And uh, I want you guys to also join us in the chat room. Go to inceptionradionetwork.com and just click live chat. And you will see a bunch of cool peeps in there right now who are very, very insightful, encouraging, and uh, very, very cool people. So you will you will learn a lot and uh, be able to bounce ideas off from each other as I rattle my brains out loud for the world to hear <laughs> and laugh at myself. <laughs> so, oh, goodness. So um, anyways, first part of the show. I call it the Outlandish Corner because I couldn't think of a better name, okay? And this is where I vent sometimes. I do vent. Sometimes I share my own stories. Sometimes I listen to your stories. Sometimes I answer your questions, comments, and stories combined all in a neat little package. And, um, yeah, so anyways, I'm going to go over and look. I always always have some really interesting emails, and I I really want to thank you guys for keeping them coming. I am... uh, Always delighted that you trust me. I don't know why. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And um, let's see here. All right. Okay, here we go. First email of the evening. It says, hello, Heidi. I heard you on Coast to Coast AM about shadow people. Hmm. I wanted to share my experiences with you. I've always been, quote unquote, sensitive, psychically or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, the first experience happened when I was 12. I had a dream that my shadow was a shadow person with red eyes. For those of you who don't know, this is me, Heidi, speaking now. For those of you who do not know, shadow people with red eyes, those are really shadow people. Um, Our shadows don't have red eyes, generally. Okay. Um, (laughs) Then as a teenager, I heard whisperings and saw a big black shadow man. I have woken up many times from dreams where I can't scream. And I'm terrified. And my scream comes out in a harsh whisper. Ooh, I shudder at the thought. I like to scream when I want to. The worst thing happened when I was 25. My sister lived in a haunted house. Mm, Don't visit, sister. Check. Uh, And I spent the night before my wedding in that house. Oh, that was a bad idea. As I was asleep, I had a very lucid dream of an old gangly man in a Zorro-type pastor hat, standing at the foot of the couch I was sleeping on. You slept on a couch the night before your wedding? Whew, I don't know what's scarier. Um, I made myself, I'm just kidding. I made myself wake up. I turned on the television in the room and started to drift back to sleep. Sure enough, my quote-unquote dream picked up right where it left off. The man was standing at the foot of the couch, and then his arms turned into something from the Grudge. Something from The Grudge. That's a movie, you guys. It's a horror movie, and it's a horror, horrible movie. Like, scare you pretty badly kind of movie. Um, I don't know what she's speaking of. Is this a she? Yes. Uh, I don't know what... Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know what she's speaking of um, as far as from that movie. And he proceeded to crawl... Ooh! Crawl over the arm of the couch. And then over my body... And I woke up again screaming. Oh, I got chills. Needless to say, I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I don't think I would either, besides your wedding was the next day. 
Um, the best way I could describe the man was, have you ever seen the movie Poltergeist 2? Poltergeist 2, 1, 2. The Reverend Kane is close to what I saw. Oh, you know what? That is a, that's a really good way to describe him. The Reverend Kane from Poltergeist, the movie. That's who the hat man is. Okay, the Reverend Kane is close to what I saw. So now I question, could the Slender Man and the Hat Man be the same thing? To this day, I still have my own encounters. I've never seen the Hat Man again. But ultimately, when I tell people is you are in charge and you can't let them scare you because that's what they want. But I also want to say I love what you're doing. Oh, that's sweet of you. Thank you for this website. I wish I had known about it sooner, but I am glad to know of you now. Thank you for your work you do. God bless you, Carly from Utah. Well, Carly, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Um, wow. The Slender Man and the Hat Man. Yeah, I think they're the same thing. I just do. Because um, pretty, I mean, like you're saying, Reverend Kane, that, that was, you know, I think you're the first person that made that connection, but you're right, that creepy guy from Poltergeist too. you guys should like all right now go online and Google Reverend Kane from Poltergeist 2. And he's kind of a gangly, pale, big flat Zorro-like kind of churchy hat uh, with a black suit, white shirt, if I remember right, and I think he even had high waters, if I remember. <laughs> Gonna rip him apart for his uh, etiquette, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Carly, that's that's amazing. That's that's pretty amazing. That I I don't know why I didn't make that connection, but wow, Reverend Kane, let's post him up as the Hat Man. Um, but yeah, I mean that that's that's absolutely deliciously horrible. What happened to you? Um, deliciously i mean i say that because that is like bitterly black just i don't know it's it's that's hard i just can't imagine the feel of him contorting himself he had to contort himself to crawl over your body like that and you know what really disturbs me about him like it's bad enough okay it's bad enough you're sleeping and you get this really, really lucid dream where you're just like, that wasn't a dream. That wasn't a dream. I think it was there. I think it was over there. And then, you know, wake up screaming and all that. And, I mean, it's bad enough to think that there's somebody at the foot of your bed or couch. And then the stinking thing moves and crawls over you. I mean, really? Did he have to take it up another level? And I am with you, Carly, on... He is trying, and other things like him are trying to scare the bejesus out of you. That's their goal. They love it. They love it. They feed off from the fear. And uh, I mean, he could have. I mean, he could have just stopped at. Oh, there goes Carly. She's on the couch. It's her wedding tomorrow. This should scare her pretty good. And I'll just stand over here. No, no, you weren't scared enough because you woke up, you reacted, you turned the TV on. And he's like, I have to take this up a notch. I mean, gosh, that TV's kind of a distraction. I'm going to slither over her and crawl. I mean, I think I saw a horror movie or two where these possessed people contort themselves and, and crawl like, I don't know, ugh, a Scorpio? I mean, ooh, is that what he looked like? I wonder, Carly. 
I really wonder because uh, I just uh, I can't imagine. Um, but yeah, that's um, Slenderman, Hatman. I I'm I'm pretty darn certain that's the same thing. And I think the confusion goes with sometimes the Hatman. All you see is a shadow of the guy. Um, so they're like Shadow Man, Shadow Hatman, uh, Shadow People. Um, so they think Shadow is Shadow, and Slenderman is an actual solid person. Um, well. I mean, I don't know. It's I think it's one and the same thing. They do the same stuff. Uh, anybody who wants to go and uh, Google Slenderman or have questions about him really directly, sure, we'll we'll go over that. We'll we'll hit it up. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it's the same freaky freakish dude. And uh, I applaud you for telling people about this and actually telling them like, hey, you know, don't let them get that power over you and don't let them scare you because that's what they want. It is so. So freaking true. And more people like you, Carly, in Utah need to go and start speaking out and sharing like you did. You took the time to write me. I can't thank you enough. I mean, a lot of you are really taking the time out to be like, here's my voice. Ah, put it out there, Heidi. Okay, I'm going to do it. Um, you know, and, and I, I also I want to put this out here and out there um, <laughs> for you guys that, you know, have stories that. You want to share. I don't care if you have a book. I don't care if you have a website. I don't care if you have a blog. I care if you have this thing called a mouth. Yep. And you can speak. And you don't have to be an expert. I don't care if you go and a lot when you're talking to me. And if you're nervous on air. And if whatever. I don't care. Just, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ease it along. And uh, I would talk to you before the show and just, like, schmooze it out so I could know your story. If you want me to, like, blurt it out there while you're listening and you can interject, I don't care. As long as we're, we're putting it out there because I swear to God, swear to God, though I don't, um, that, <laughs> that these hidden stories out there, like the one you guys are going to hear about tonight, continuing from last week, oh, yeah, um, that these are the most powerful stories out there. Not these, not these ones that are, you know, polished and shined up for the masses to read about in a book as a, a well, I don't know, sometimes respected <laughs> researcher sits there and, and details your story. Though they've experienced nothing for themselves, but they're going to detail your story and, you know, believe me because blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, they do get a lot of stories out there, but a lot of them get missed. And I think that's a crying shame. So if you have a voice, lips, tongue, I mean, even if you just want to write it, I can't, no, I can't do that. I can't read out somebody's whole story for 30 minutes or an hour. No, I can't do that. So if you guys ever want to come on, I am, just please don't be shy. Write me at dasdusoutlander at gmail.com or go to my Facebook page, put one in front of my name, Heidi Hollis, and uh, Twitter, whatever, yeah. Same thing. One in front of Heidi Hollis. Follow me on there and blah. There you got it. So, um, all right. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on here to the next letter. Okay. It says, hi, Heidi. And I have to let you know, too, you guys, I don't read through these generally before the show. Um, so if there's some bloops and blips and I'm not making sense because I'm reading this off, you know why. Okay. Hi, Heidi. Hey, how's it going? Um, <laughs> I've never heard of the hat man or shadow people before. Get out. Um, but since I looked this up, I would like to share my experience, and I no longer believe I am crazy. In March, 
that up this year? Hmm. In March, I was home alone cleaning my apartment. It was around 2.30 in the afternoon. I was walking from my hallway through my dining room and saw a tall black shadow figure, male build with a pointed hat with a brim, quickly travel through my dining room table toward the wall. I'm trying to, a pointed hat with a brim. That's a witch's hat. That's what it sounds like. Hmm. Sounds like a witch's hat to me. Um, I did not see any feet, eyes, face, or anything. Just his torso. And he was very tall. Eight feet, maybe. I was startled. No oh, crap. I'd be startled, too. I was startled and ran outside <laughs> and called my husband and told him. I bet your husband was like, a tall man with a witch's hat walked through the dining room table. Yeah, did you say the dining room table, I I, I believe, or just the dining room. Okay, um, <laughs> so you told your husband. Okay, and then I returned inside. The thing was not threatening to me, nor did I feel like he even acknowledged me. He was going somewhere, though. Well, since then, we moved to another apartment at the same complex. In my new apartment, I have seen the curtains move as if the window was open or a fan blew on it. But the window was not open and a fan was not in the room. On two occasions, my dog, who never barks, has gone into a barking rage, looking up as if something but nothing was there. As if looking at something. Okay. And a couple of weeks ago, I heard what sounded like a music box. Wind-up music coming from my closet behind me. Okay, now that's when I would bolt right there. <laughs> Not a wind-up music box. That's like from every horror movie known to mankind. Okay, but I don't have a wind-up music box. Hmm, okay. My 11-year-old daughter has watched my bedroom door. Three nights ago, my 19-year-old son, who knows I saw a ghost, quote, ghost, <laughs> but knew nothing about a hat or the height of what I saw. My oldest son, who was watching television with us, stated, did you just see that? I looked at him and asked, what? He said, did you just see? He said he just saw a black shadow standing in front of my bedroom door, and it left very fast. He said it was a man with a hat, and he was almost as tall as my door and had no legs. I believe he saw the same thing I did but we were and are in a different apartment than before. He doesn't bother me, but I am hoping he doesn't plan on traveling with me as we are planning to move in a month. Just wanted to share. Hmm, no name on this one. Wow, that's, um, that's disturbing. It sounds like um, he traveled with you already. <laughs> I hate to say it. Um, I, I, I appreciate your sharing, but... Um, Sad thing, horrible thing. Um, I think, oh, sometimes, yes, these shadowy things can be stuck in one location. Yes, I mean, there can be a horrible haunting that they may be behind and they linger and they wreak havoc and they torture whomever come near. I have lived in a building myself where I moved from one apartment to the next and I had I went from creepy to holy crap <laughs> this place is fully inhabited by other creatures um yeah so what were they following me from one apartment to the next oh yeah I know they did 
And they followed me when I moved the next time out of that building. Oh, and the next time after that. Oh, oh, and right after that, too. And, oh, yeah, they kind of know where I'm at now, too. Um, <laughs> so can they do that? Yeah, they could do it. I hope that he doesn't. I really, really hope. Um, but I sure do hope that you write me again and let me know if he does. And then we could take it from there and see about banishing him or punishing him. I we won't punish. We'll let God do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but we could sure keep him out of our place. You know, I have to tell you, I I, I don't know how many weeks was that ago? We I had a Chicago ghost hunter on here, and I, I think I brought this up before. And he had said that he doesn't think that we are able to get rid of ghosts out of our homes. And I'm like, hmm, why would you say that? You know, I, and he said, because they're everywhere. There's so many of them. They're just everywhere. So he doesn't actually make it his goal to get rid of them because, I mean, they're just sharing our space and we just have to, you know, abide by their wanting to take up our space and not pay rent and to blow bulbs, light bulbs and whatever else. And I'm like, no, I've been pretty successful in getting rid of these guys. And and then, you know, I have spoke to many others who are like, you know, we clear a place and and then something and then it comes right back, you know, and it's like we clear the place again and then it comes right back. And then like I don't know if people have heard of this before, too, but like when it comes to people who have been possessed by demons that it could take years to get rid of the demon. Like, I don't know, they seem to take care of things in about two hours in movies. You know, ah, I'm going to vomit green blood stuff out of my mouth. And <laughs> and then, whew, I'm healed. Whew, I feel much better. How about you? Um, no, years. Isn't that crazy? I, I'm, I, I was shocked. I was shocked to, to learn that myself. I'm like, I thought that there was just more to banishing things but i think why it doesn't always take effect and i think this this also has to do with uh haunted places um it's all has to do with kind of the person that's being possessed the person that's being haunted and putting down their their faith on the line essentially putting their faith on the line to be like this this isn't going to happen anymore you know, this is, it's out of here. But I think why these things get a real strong hold sometimes, I'm not going to generalize. I do sometimes, but um, <laughs> we are all flawed, aren't we? Um, but I think why these things can uh, move in so powerfully sometimes is because there is a weakness there to begin with and a person's faith, um, their security in themselves, and them doubting their human potential and God's and you know, so these things are like, wow, there's a big open pasture in this house right here. Well, I could just move on in and put my shadow behind in here to run rampant and do whatever I want. And then, oh, we're going to bring the cross in. Oh, we're going to, I'm going to banish you. Oh, I'm going to pray and you're going to be out of here. It's like, yeah, you had this big open space here just a minute ago and you think I'm going to buy that? Um, okay, I'll make it seem like I'm gone, but I'm really just over in the corner. Until you get really strong. So I can see how that happens. I really can. Now, I had quite a bit of activity going on in my life. Now, did I have a big old open space? Oh, I think I did. I think I did because I was raised Christian, okay? Um, 
But I stepped away a little bit. No, I said my prayers every night. I still believe in God, Jesus, and all that stuff. But I had stepped away a little bit because uh, I was seeing things that uh, people weren't talking about in the Bible. So I thought um, when it came to alien stuff, UFOs, ghosts, and then being told by a leader in the church that, oh, that's just demons, you know, or you know the – I would have these little flashes uh, that would – Give me a little hint about something that's about to happen. I guess kind of psychic phenomenon. Though I am not a psychic. Mm-mm, not me. Um, I think everybody has gifts, you know. And I think God gives us those gifts called guts. It gives us that gut instinct. But you know, to be told these things, and so I was like, I need to find other answers because I have seen something. I'm dealing with stuff here and there. So I just kind of I backed away a little bit from the churchy stuff, and uh, but I came back full circle. Because I found that that is how I was able to put my foot down, ethereal foot down, and into the backside of these rotten things. I don't care what they were. Aliens, demons, goblins, (laughs) gnomes. I I am pretty sure I saw a gnome once. Um, (laughs) It's a long story. Um, You know, I, I... I did. So, I mean, I, I, I didn't know. I really didn't know. I, I thought, you know, stepping away from my beliefs isn't going to be a big deal. But I am so glad that I came back full circle and was able to um, find my way, I guess you could say again, to um, show them the door mm-hmm. and um, show them that uh, my place wasn't for free. So, um <laughs> Can these things, I mean, so that it could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody, but it doesn't mean that that's it. That's the end. Um, can it take some time? And it took me some time to find my footing and their backside um, to place my footing. And, um, but it worked. I mean, I was, I was able to do it. And yeah, they, they check in on me every once in a while. And I'm like, oh, are you stuck outside? What a shame. Stay out there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they'll tap, tap back at the window. And I'm like, you know, give them, flip them off and. You know, the bird, uh, not a bird hitting the window, my bird hitting the window to show them the door. Um, <laughs> so it can be done. It can be done. So uh, don't be dismayed. If this this darn thing moves with you, you know, okay, you'll just have to deal with it and it can be done. Don't, don't, don't stress about it. Okay. So I appreciate you for writing in to me, both of you, Carly from Utah and this person that, quote, just wanted to share Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want you to do me a favor now. I want you to go to Facebook and type in Paranormal Pledge and join the many people there who have experienced odd things, who are just darn curious, who are sharing and advice and all that stuff. Um, go there and join my, my awesome little group there of uh, folks like yourselves. And uh, our goal is to try to get people to raise their right hand and pledge that they will tell at least one other person that they've experienced something out of the ordinary. Okay. It's important. How else are we going to learn? And you guys are in for a super duper treat. I have never done this, but it was that important. I have Chad and Alta Dillard that are going to be coming back. Part two, continuing their unbelievable story regarding alien contact beyond anything you've ever heard. And I think you're going to really enjoy this. So we're going to our first break here, you guys. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander on Inception Radio Network. And we will be right back.
listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore, R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore, R underscore N, and never miss a great show again. Hi, Bob Tarmac for MJ'sHealthyWay.com. Are you into vitamins, nutrition, meal replacements, health shakes, uh, keeping your body in good shape, your internal engine going? <laughs> Boy, do I have a perfect place for you. MJ'sHealthyWay.com. They offer the best service and products, and they'll tell you anything you need to know about any product they have to offer. I get all my vitamins, meal replacements, shakes from MJ'sHealthyWay.com. That's spelled M-J-S HealthyWay.com. There's so much more at the website. Go check it out. MJ'sHealthyWay.com. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Hello, folks. Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.HeidiHollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ. Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with Heidi Hollis. The Outlander. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always if it's weird, we're here and we're giving you advice and insight on outlandish topics. And the phone lines are always open at 1-888-919-2355. And oh my goodness, I am looking at the chat room and somebody, one world watcher, has been posting up the most awesome pics of the creepy guy from Poltergeist. 
and Phantasm and Shadow People. Wow. It's awesome. You guys got to go there and check it out. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Um, thanks for finding those. <laughs> Um, hey, you know what? For those of you who did not hear last week's show, you really missed out. You're going to get a little taste of what happened last week. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of touch the surface. But we're going to really continue on with our fantastic interview with Chad and Alta Dillard. And I will introduce them formally because that's, I'm just so formal. <laughs> Chad, Chad and Alta Dillard, they are a couple with a personal history of alien abductions, contacts, shouldn't say abductions, that has scarred them mentally and physically. Their varied experiences have led them to seek answers, and one indicates that they were somehow arranged by aliens to be together forever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody round of applause for Chad and Alta Dillard. How are you two doing this evening? Uh, we're doing well. Thank you, Heidi. Thanks for having us back to uh, share some more of our experience. Oh, are you kidding me? I couldn't, I could not wait. And I got people that were sending me emails and messages like, Ooh, that was a cliffhanger. I can't wait till next week. <laughs> Just absolutely fantastic. And I guess to kind of brush people up a little bit on what, what took place, what was shared, though they'll have to listen to the whole show to get it. But so you guys, you've, you've experienced this, this odd, like, I don't know, hints at where you should be at certain times. And you, you met like, some very fancy dressed people uh, altered the altar that had essentially you felt led you to meet this Chad dude. Um, <laughs> and you were pretty certain, like not going to get married. It's not going to happen. And you found out that you guys had like similar names in the families. And it was like, you weren't cousins or anything, but, um, <laughs> but you got arranged. You felt like from these beings and you also had a couple of UFO sightings that, led into a big, major, big deal that we were just like, wow, you know, Chad got regressed and remembered a whole big old pile of stuff that just <laughs> was, that, that really got deep, I mean, with a whole bunch of, like, alien poo, because they really laid it on you, and your friend was a Jacqueline? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I believe that was her with us, or with me. Right, right. And, uh, so it, now, just to just to brush a little bit up, you, you guys felt like there was a little altered time or missing time, even. And and when you got regressed, you remembered going on board and and seeing creatures and being led through yeah. the ship. Now we kind of squeeze things in fast there at the end. Uh, do you feel like you got your whole story out um, on that? Or where would you like to take us next? Yeah, I'm, just gonna, I, I, I'm, getting really... my, I'm getting my bowl of popcorn. I'm just going to let you roll with it. All right. Yeah. It's as far as my experience, again, the, the next thing I remember is, you know, waking up that next morning in bed, uh, not, not, uh, remembering how we got home you know and the last thing i'd remembered was 11 o'clock so i'm going to kind of turn this over to alta and kind of uh, she's going to share uh jacqueline's experience and then on to her own so okay sounds good let's do it okay so when we visited with you the first time i was sharing with you as we began that that particular night uh, I had said Jacqueline drove to work that morning, and that was very key to the rest of this 
event. Uh, she parked her car up the street from our shop, and by 11 o'clock that night that the three of us were out, we were on the opposite end of the French Quarter from where she had parked her car. And uh, so it took a couple of days before the three of us reconnected again, or Jacqueline and I connected again, to try to grasp, which we're still trying to do, what we had been through, what had happened to us, and so on. And and this is what Jacqueline said to me originally and then shared with Chad and I. Okay. She says that she remembers, as Chad and I both did, around 11 o'clock at night, she remembered that evening, that hour and a half that we were out together, pretty succinct to, you know, to what I knew and what Chad knew, which was that this was a just a weird hour and a half out on these streets that was so out of character from what all three of us knew it was normally like living there. She says that uh, she remembered talking to this little guy that we thought of as the doorman at the last club that we tried to go to. And then she says the next thing she knows, um, she is behind the steering wheel of her moving car. Whoa. She says it's around three-ish. So she's very clear on the fact that she has no clarity, no memory whatsoever from 11 to 3. That's completely gone. But what she does know is that she is behind the steering wheel of her moving car. The car is moving slowly, and it hit a parked car, and it knocked off her rear-view mirror. And this is what jolted her, too. Hmm. She says... She also is aware pretty quickly that she's in a whole other section of the city from where she had parked that car that morning. We're, we're guesstimating about 20 miles uh, or thereabouts, maybe even further from where that car had been parked that morning. Wow. So that part of the event is um, what she is able to recall. She can, she has no recall whatsoever about coming off of that corner um, or being placed in her car, how the car got into the other section of the city. There is just is no answers. Wow. What she then went on to finish saying was that she, this car... <laughs> This car, her car, mm. almost as if it's driving itself, um, is she's going to a section of the city that is familiar to her, meaning a guy that she had broken up with not long before this event happened to the three of us. Um, I refer to him as Dark Boy. His name is Will. He was quite adorable, but I called him Dark Boy. I didn't know him well. She only dated him very briefly. Hmm. But as I said before, Jacqueline is tall, slender, long blonde hair, very light, right. light indeed, so on. Uh, Will was her opposite. And uh, as I said, she dated him briefly. And I will say this, that she accounted to Chad and I that when she chose to break up with this guy... 
Oh, this is so strange repeating all of this because this sounds so crazy. <laughs> oh, no, this... please. I am the queen of crazy now. Come on. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We are so grateful to you. <laughs> she, my heart's racing and I'm getting all weirded out as I repeat this. She, yeah. she says yeah. that she asked him to come over to her apartment. She lived in a duplex. <clears throat> she chose to do it during the daytime. She stood out on her porch with him. And uh, didn't even inv- didn't even have him come in the house. This was going to be a polite um, kind of breakup, if you will. And she said that as she does so, they're standing on the porch face to face. She says that he turned into a wolf. A wolf. Wow. She said she turned her head, his face turned into a wolf. And she turned her head instantly turned it back again and he did it a second time she said when he did it the second time she very flat out i'll clean up my language a little trying to repeat it as she she said it to us uh-huh. you turned into an effing wolf she said in he had surprise She says, all I can do is just repeat to you the way that she repeated to us. Mm -hmm. She said that it's, you know, around three-ish in the morning. He lives in a not nice part of the neighborhood. His apartment is always, there's a big gate, a big iron gate around this big house that's converted into apartments. It's always locked. Conveniently, it's not locked this particular morning. She said she drives up. She gets out of her car. Now, I can hear in her voice also as she's relaying this that she doesn't understand what she's doing either. Mm-hmm. It, it's bizarre hearing her repeat this. She says she goes up the stairs of the porch. She says he's sitting inside the front door. I believe it was a screen door. And there's a light on. He's sitting under this light. And she says he's playing guitar. She says as she comes up on the porch to that door, he stops playing guitar, looks up at her. And says, now, I I remember her saying, he, he stopped playing and looked at her and said, I've been waiting for you. Chad remembers her saying, we've been waiting for you. Wow. So, do with that as you will. She said, he, she begins to feel hysterical, and this is extremely out of care. All of this is out of character for her. Right. But right. she's beginning to get extremely emotional. And feeling, she says, hysterical inside. She said he leads her into a room, lays her down. She said she hysterically cries herself to sleep. She said, next thing she knows, her eyes open up and it's daylight out. She's thinking it's probably about five-ish now in the morning. She looks around and realizes where she's at. And she said she got the whatever out of there as fast as she could and didn't look back. Now, now I, I don't know if I lost it. Now, this took place when? This was after which event? Her breaking up or after the initial leaving uh, the French Quarter? Right. She she broke up with him uh-huh. first. And, then and it wasn't place. long. I don't know exactly how long, but it wasn't okay. long after that. Okay. That the three of us then, um, as I say, were taken off that corner. I see. And that's when she went to the apartment. Here, Chad. And that's, that's when. when she, she, that's when she went to the apartment, his apartment. 
after that was the break. After the break. I yeah. see. Well, you know, I have to tell you guys something. After, after our experience. Now, do you know who Linda Godfrey is? She is the author that has taken on the challenge of unveiling these werewolf-like people in the country. She's right. all, yeah, and she, I mean, I have had several people write me um, about seeing some werewolf-like creatures. Um, I've bumped in some, to some people, and I've even had one person that wrote me telling me in regards to seeing their grandfather change. So um, it happens. But to find that this right. is like alien-related on top of it all, that's just a whole other level. So that's amazing. Hello? Yes. Uh, oh, can you hear me okay. right? Yeah. yeah I, I'm sorry. I thought we lost you. Oh, it's We're awesome. hanging on tight on this end. That's fine. That's it's fine. great. I know you guys are dealing with, I don't know, almost like hurricane like weather where you're at, but you sound good to me right now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so now, take, so how is, how did uh, how Jacqueline take that? So he turns into a werewolf and. He come, he's like, you saw that? And what does he do, run off with his tail between his legs or what? You know, that, that picture is hysterical in my mind. I, I don't really remember. I was in my mouth, like right now, just as I feel and thinking about it, I was gobsmacked, <laughs> especially coming out of her mouth. It was just, I was not prepared. So I don't even really remember needing to hear any more it was <laughs> such it was such a what did you just say oh my god repeat that if if i could i'll i'll kind of put a period at the end of that sentence about the will story what i call the dark boy story several years later this event took place with the three of us on that street corner in 97 if I may, I'll just fast forward. Big down payments. Thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I said to myself, self, go to Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then? I ended up at some other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home 350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Real quick here and just finish up with the will part of this. Oh, yeah, let's go. That wasn't all just crazy creepy enough because I don't remember ever hearing another word about him mm -hmm. after that event happened to the three of us. Okay. Um, it, it, he just, he was no longer, he was a non-subject. But several years later now, in 2001, um via another person that was a mutual friend of all of ours, 
I happened to run into on the street, hadn't seen for years. He had left the French Quarter. Years prior, he'd come back. <clears throat> As we pass each other and, and realize, you know, that it's each other, we go have a quick drink with each other to play catch-up. And out of nowhere, this friend, this guy friend, he says to me, did you hear what happened to Will? Now, I'm saying to you, this is years later, and we weren't all a bunch of friends hanging out with each other. So this was just bizarre. Oh, he says, wow. did you hear what happened to Will? No. Will? How do you know, Will? Right. And he then goes on to say that Will started telling everybody that flowed in this mutual circle that he was catching a bus to get out of town because the aliens were after him. These were the words that were being said, and I thought, this is a bad movie. Where's the director? <laughs> and a bus? Yeah, you know, I mean... Wow. And he left honestly, everything that's behind. all we know about Will. Wow. Unbelievable. So they, they left, he left everything behind, and took off that's certainly what was said to me by somebody I didn't know even knew this person just the fact that the word aliens are used in the same sentence with us is generally strange to both Chad and I because it's not generally our term so the fact that this guy I hadn't seen in a long time you know would use that word, those words, out of nowhere in regards to this guy. It's just as weird as all the rest of it. Oh, I'd just say weird. So. Gosh, gosh, unbelievable. <laughs> so you guys had this shared experience, but Alma, what, what did you? Uh, uh, well, Alta, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know somebody named Alma. Um, <laughs> what did you personally? experience um did you have did you have regression done i've tried a couple of times to have regression and it has not happened i've had actually in one experience in particular some crazy as i have said before my term for all of this is high strangeness involved that uh certainly took place but a regression did not happen um but i am the only one out of the three of us that came back, if you will, off of that night of being taken off that corner with what I understand is memory of what I call the in-between experience. I have no memory, no account for coming off that corner. And that has haunted me for all these years. And also, it's been my highest desire to try to have an, a, a fuller understanding about what actually removed us off that corner. And I have no account for how I was returned to my home the next day. But in the middle of it, um, one minute I'm sitting on a stoop on that corner with Chad and Jacqueline, and the next thing I know, I'm standing on the edge of a crater. And wow. all the coloring around me was in grays and blacks, whites, blondes. Um, there's a being that I call her a being that's standing right next to me, and she's taller than I am. She's over six foot tall, and she's 
my in this experience as I'm having this experience she's my vision of or my sense of perfection um, I was ecstatic to be with her to be so standing with she her felt, she felt familiar to you is that what you're saying absolutely familiar in fact it was even stronger than that I knew I was home this is what the senses were telling me this is everything that I was experiencing was I didn't need to ask her who she was where she came from where I was in the experience I was home and whoever she was felt as if it was an extension of myself do you think it was, think it was a reflection of yourself directly? I I don't know how to. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. You know what? I. I know that hesitation. It's like okay, this sounds too weird, and it involves me directly, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was such a because I might also add in the very beginning of my awareness of you know I'm not on that corner where's Chad where's Jack you know I didn't even care where's who's Chad who's Jack I didn't even care it, it, they were not a part of my consciousness at all at all I, I was in childlike amazement when it when the when this was first happening to me i was extremely excited like a little kid just like a child but i have to say that in the very beginning of the experience there were what appeared to be humans behind me a few feet behind me well, several feet behind me that seemed to be piled on top of each other they didn't I didn't completely turn around. I looked peripherally, and what I took in was they didn't seem distressed. They didn't seem upset. They seemed almost in animation or suspended animation or whatever language one wants to attribute to it. They weren't talking. They weren't moving. They, everyone was clothed. Um, very bizarre scene to see them piled, um, not dead nothing gory, bloody, nothing like that. And what's even stranger to me is that even though I took notice of it, I didn't, I was more, I was much more interested in what was happening in front of me, below me, above me, and next to me. You so, know, I, I've heard of something kind of like that, but more or less having alien bodies in drawers. I want to say it was Whitley Strieber's. Uh, it could have been Whitley Strieber that that had um, an alien pull out a drawer that had alien bodies inside of it. And those alien bodies were almost like suits that they got in and out of. So it almost seems like you had, um, how can I say, almost seemed like you had an uh, out-of-body experience to see these different things. But you know what, you guys? We are coming upon our next break. We're going to continue this story, and this is this is going to get even better. I just I could feel it. I could absolutely feel it. So, you guys, you're listening to me, Heidi House, The Outlander, on Inception Radio Network, and we will be right back. Your 
listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Inception Radio Network listeners, this is Amanda. You're listening to Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Just a reminder that Inception Radio Network is on Twitter. Follow us at I underscore R underscore N and keep up to date about who's on tonight, what interviews they'll be doing, who's guest spotting, what topics they'll be covering. Tweet to us, tweet about us, retweet topics to your friends, and most importantly, never miss a great show again. That's I underscore R underscore N. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty landline or cell phone and dial or call and listen lines at 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, those numbers are 832-280-0830 or 786-837-2262. For the Inception Radio Network, I'm MJ. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Hello, folks. Heidi Hollis is rocking the airwaves every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on IRN. But if you want to learn more about Heidi, check out her amazing website at www.heidihollis.com. For IRN, this is MJ. Get advice on aliens to ghosts, demons to angels, and from shadow people to the outlandish. Explore the paranormal with... Heidi Hollis. The Outlander. Welcome back, everybody, to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. And uh, we've got a really interesting story going on here with Chad and Alta Dillard. We're talking about alien contact beyond anything that you've heard i mean truly fully fully fascinating and we're talking to, uh, to alta who was sharing about her i was thinking it, it kind of sounded like an out of body almost because it was that nonchalant like i don't know who's with me i'm you know uh, my husband's not with me i mean but this beautiful awesome being is with me and i feel love and i'm in peace it's just made me think of out of body experience and but it just so happened to involve various beings which is interesting in itself now um continue from where so you you see a stack of what you call human people it's it seemed like in behind you right. and and i was talking about i think it was whitley streber that um had mentioned 
seeing drawers of alien bodies that almost like they just like the soul of these creatures would just slip into them like a pair of socks and walk mm -hmm. away. So I'm wondering if that's what these stacks of people were, you know, um, but I don't know. It's, it's a fascinating story. So do continue. Okay. Oh. So, Oh, and I, I have to tell you, hold on. We got a quick question here. When did all this take place with your friend that, that was in 1997. You said we got a, somebody posting here in the, in the chat room that is from world watcher. Right. Right, those 97? 1997, right. Uh, September 1997. Gotcha. See, the French Quarter <laughs> holds a lot more mystery than we really know. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so oh, continue. Man. Continue. Okay, so um, also just to clarify just very quickly, mm -hmm. these, these what appeared to be human, as I say, stacked behind me, okay. there were only three... I'm pushing to say four, okay. you know, it wasn't like they were just mounds and mounds of people. It, it It's like, it's as strange as all the rest of this, but that is what I took in as I, as I turned kind of sideways and saw them. Um, uh, the being that's standing next to me, again, just being right next to her is all I desired. And there was no communication going on as far as, uh, language. Uh, I'm just in a state of ecstasy, and but again, I use the word childlike, very childlike. Mm -hmm. And I look down in that crater because we're standing right on the edge of this crater. The crater appears to be fairly shallow, mm -hmm. and it also is lined with the perimeter of it has orbs of light that. I'm that I'm that my senses are telling me we're alive. The, these orbs of light, okay. that are consciousness of their own, that that form the perimeter of this crater. There's a what appears to be a metallic structure building down in this crater, um, like a huge warehouse. I don't see any kind of movement. I don't see any kind of beings. I don't see anything other than just what I've described to you. I then, my head uh, shoots upward, and, and I'm not moving around at all, standing in place, but my head shoots up, and, and I crank my head back as far as I can so that I can see the sky. It's a black sky. It's full of stars. This makes me very, very happy. <laughs> as I'm in that childlike ecstasy looking at the stars, all of a sudden then one of those stars begin to move across the sky. When that begins, uh, when that movement begins, logic or whatever kicks in and all of a sudden I'm not ecstatic any longer. I'm terrified. I move from emotion to emotion that quickly. My heart starts to race like it's going to pound out of my chest because then that star comes back and others join in with it as if it's doing a dance across the Guy above me. This is all happening very, very fast. But in that same moment, she that I'm standing next to telepathically speaks to me and she calls me by name and she says, and again, I cannot duplicate the tone or the voice. It is so beautiful and calming. But she says, Alta, don't be afraid. They're just scanning you. Now, those are the words that I heard. And the next thing I know, I didn't wake up. 
I came to, my eyes popped open, and I'm sitting Indian style in my living room, and it's the next day. And I'm rubbing my arms, and I feel something in my upper arm sticking out of my arm like like a sticker. feels like a piece of cactus. As I'm rubbing my arms, I I can't understand why, again, logic is trying to kick in. How can this feel sharp when my finger runs over it, but there's no pain whatsoever? Now I'm just flipping out. I... Did you... Heidi, did you want to ask me anything, or do you want me just to... I am continue. Oh, I'm floored. I I mean, please do. I mean, continue on. I hate to break the flow. (laughs) So as I'm as I'm uh, as I'm going through all this trauma and internally looking around the house, my eyes scanning around my house trying to find Chad and trying to find Jacqueline, I don't see either of them. So now that I've got all these emotions and panic kicking in, and finally I see this lump in my bed, and I'm praying that the lump is Chad. The lump is completely covered from one end to the other. And finally, as I've said before, this little head pops out of that blankie, and it's Chad's, thank God. And that (laughs) gave me some relief, right. So that gave me enough relief where I could take a breath. But I've got to figure out what the hay is going on with my arm. What is this in my arm? I go in the bathroom, get a pair of tweezers. I pull this what. Again, I described it exactly the way I understood it. It felt like a piece of sticker. I pulled this thing out of my arm. It's tiny. I am lousy with measurement. I never want to sound like I'm exaggerating any of this. Mm -hmm. This thing is tiny, but it's big enough to be between my fingers where I can see it with my naked eye. It left a tiny hole, teeny, tiny pinhole, where I pulled it out with those tweezers, put it between my fingers, And the moment that I put it between my fingers, it went from being a solid to liquid. It became, my best description of it is when you eat celery, Mm -hmm. and celery is fibrous, it looked like a piece of freaking celery fiber. It was liquidy, and it was dissolving, and it was flipping me out. I turned on the faucet, and I scrubbed, as I've said this before I scrubbed till I thought I was going to bleed now I, I, have, off of me. I have to tell you I I knew somebody personally he's passed away sadly now um who had a, a similar event like he knew something had happened to him and he felt something was sticking in his nose and it just kind of fell out and dissolved in the same way in the sink like, he was like, oh, I want to keep this, you know. He he was interested in the topic of aliens, and he was always aware of the topic. Uh, and I believe he investigated it for some time. And he was an elderly gentleman that was uh, uh, a really, really inspiring uh, fellow. And I wish I could remember his name for the life of me right now. I cannot. But, um, <laughs> but uh, oh, I'll look forward to it if you ever do. Oh, I, I know who just to ask to uh, some of my good friends up there in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> that, right. Uh, yeah, that in, and it fell out and and it dissolved and he was just you know hoping to keep the darn thing or or it, and it, it had essentially disappeared so he didn't have anything to share with anybody so right. yeah well that that certainly happened exactly the way I just described it but what was left behind is a lump in my arm 
not only that tiny little pinhole, that little hole, but an actual lump that is a solid mass that told me immediately there is something in my body that I don't freaking understand. And as I came out of the bathroom, about this time now, Chad is waking up. He is coming towards me. I'm about to hand the phone back to Chad to describe to you what he saw. Okay. Um, because he saw what I did not see. I'll just fill this in. As he comes towards me, he's, I can see it in his face, his eyes. It's somewhat pleading, silently pleading for me to explain to him what had happened to us the night before. I have just described to him what I've just been through with this thing in my arm, and this is what he saw. So, yeah, I, I get up, um, and I, I, I get over to Alta, and she's talking about, you know, there was something in her arm. And so I focus my attention to her arms, and I can I see bruising as if somebody held her from behind. Now, there are only four digits, you know, one where a thumb would be and, right. and three other digits around each, you know, all the way around her arm. Uh, so they had to have been really long fingers because it wasn't like a palm print. It was just fingerprint. Now, oh, my goodness. She's, you know, telling me about her arm, and she just pulled this out, and it dissolved. And I'm like, well, we need to call Jacqueline. And I'm like, call Jacqueline. And she's like, I'm not calling Jacqueline. You call Jacqueline. I'm like, I'm not calling Jacqueline. So we never called Jacqueline. Uh, we didn't, Alta didn't talk with her until they went back to work the next day or so. Mm, my goodness. I, I cannot imagine. I You know, I, if for everybody out there who's listening to this story, and they're just like, okay, you go out, you're hanging with friends, having a good old time. You feel there's a weird vibe in the air, but you try to ignore it and move on. And then all of a sudden, zap, you're sitting in your living room, you know, and you're like confused. You have these odd memories. I mean, in, in the French Quarter, I mean, what what a story. And of course, people are going to be like scratching their heads, looking at you funny. But the awesome thing is you have each other to validate. You don't You don't need outsiders to say that was so or that wasn't. And from what I understand, you guys, you you did try to get the attention of researchers and so-called experts. And and I have to say, you know, you think aliens got big heads? Well, you really got to see a couple of the ones that, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, I'm surprised they don't have like little supports, like hard collars or something to hold their heads up. Because, I mean, these, a lot of these people, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. I mean, some of them are just... You know, it doesn't matter what they do for a living, but, you know, maybe they sweep the floor somewhere, but then they speak about aliens somewhere at a conference. <laughs> and they and you come up the, to them saying, I really need some answers. Can you help me? And they stick their nose up and they're like, you know, mm. read my book, purchase this. And it's mm. like, look, you know, if God gave you a gift to help people and you, he mm. gave it to you for free, why can't you just sit down and give somebody a freaking break and talk to them? I mean, it, the, it could change a life for crying out loud. It's not about filling your pockets. And honestly, I only know a, a, a couple of uh, people out there who are in, in this field that are writing these books that can make a living doing it. So don't right. be fooled by their big giant heads. It's totally just <laughs> in their head um so i feel bad that that's happened to you but you know i was there too i did i went through the same thing and like D 
dude, you know, I, I think I'm seeing things. <laughs> and they're just like, ta-ta, see you later. You know, it's like, oh, my God, really? So, um, yeah, that's not cool. So you guys, you really put a lot into trying to find answers. And I can't imagine, I mean, like right now, I wouldn't know where to go for a, a regression hypnotist to find these answers. I mean, did you guys have to search high and low to try to find that? Or, like, what did you do? Well, I... I um I paid I paid somebody an awful lot of money to um regress me and somebody out there has got a great sense of humor mm. and because the regression it never happened but when I was told to go use the bathroom prior to starting this regression I went in the bathroom and you know I did my little quick business very quickly and washed my little fingers and used a tiny bit of, there's a reason for this, tiny bit of toilet paper. I washed my hands in a split second and this person that was regressing me was going to pass me in the doorway to use the bathroom after me. And in the moment it took for the two of us to pass each other in the doorway, every bit of a brand new roll of toilet paper was off of the roll and stacked in front of the toilet like a mountain. What? Right. That's just a little bit of this insanity that I have put myself through. So needless to say, I don't, I can't afford to, nor will I put myself through this kind of insanity any longer. Wow. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize what you go through. They really don't. It's absolute craziness. This object that's in my arm, Mm -hmm. it, it chose not to, I mean, do with all this as one will. This object is real. People can call us crazy or call me a liar or whatever they choose to, but when you meet this object, you can't deny that there is something there that is not a cyst. It feels solid, like metal. It changes what appears to change shape. It moves. It it does all kinds of tricks. And if it doesn't care to take an x-ray... It won't take an x-ray, and it took three times before it would allow a picture. Now, that absolutely told me years ago that I was on, uh, on an uphill battle in trying to deal with humans over these subjects. What we try to do now is just share with folks, praying that somebody out there may be interested in in understanding further along with us. You know, right. that is our highest desire. Right, right. Is, is to find others. Well, you, Heidi, I mean, this is what a blessing. Just you, such a rare breed you are. And oh, come on. <laughs> so grateful we are. Oh, no. I know that there are many out there. There are many of us out here. Tons. There are tons. And, and I, I applaud you and, uh, you know, you both for taking the step forward to really fight to have your voice be heard. I mean, this this is a, a, a unbelievable story, and it's actually something that it, it really surprises me. Like, nine times out of ten, when I whenever I'm around, I don't know, regular people, and I, they know, they find out what it is that I'm involved with, you know, like, they have a story to share, something that's out of the ordinary. And it's like, and sometimes I'm like, I know it has alien hands in it. And how do you tell them that? <laughs> it's like, right. I'm no stranger than you, person. You know, it's like you're 
you're looking at me like, ooh, you know, but uh, wow, some of their things like, you know, the, the mystery missing time, they, they really don't even know the sign of what that means. And it's, it's sad. And I think we need to start talking about it more often, like, like you two are doing. That's great. If we could add this in also, you know, from the beginning of the Chad and Alta story, as I shared with you from the beginning of the name connection, we then went on to discover after we're taken off that corner and lots of crazy things happened to us and continue to happen to us. But Chad's father and his stepmother saw UFOs down in Mexico that were identical to what we were shown. Years apart from us, in completely different parts of the country, and then and then his father and his adult brother had a close-up personal encounter with what people call Bigfoot. I call him Sasquatchy. Yeah. You know. Now these folks don't care to discuss any of this, and and we've got this UFO business going on in both sides of our family with no connection in our bloodline that we know of, and it's and cryptids, and ghosties, and you name it. You know, it's all connected. And, you know, I got to tell you, um, I got the name of the gentleman that uh, I mentioned that had the, the the implant, alien implant, fall out of his nose, and his name is Carl Myers. And actually, he spoke at the UFO Ozark conference um, maybe seven years ago. He's a, he was an elderly fella and shared his story, and he's from Wisconsin, and my friend, Bug Tussle, um, in the chat room, just shared his name. I knew he'd knew. he knew. He knew the name. He'd tell me the name, so it was awesome. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, the ghosties, the poltergeist activity, the uh, the werewolf, for crying out loud, the alien abduction, the UFO, um, the alien contact, the implant. And, you know, a lot of people, they try to categorize things to say, oh, this this doesn't fit with A, B, or C. So this goes here and that goes there. And, and then there's some organizations that only look at UFO landing markings. And they don't look at alien contact because that just can't happen. You know, they're only flying in the sky. And it's, it's ridiculous. Just, you know, proof enough is listening to the hearts of a person like yourselves sharing and spilling your guts out and you know saying I'm I'm really I really want answers and I really want to share these answers because it's just that darn important how widespread this is and how it can really intervene in a person's lives and you know it's a something something needs to bump people upside the head and uh, get them to realize that and I, I just I can't thank you two enough for doing what you're doing well, we, we, we just really, we enjoy sharing our experiences and, you know, just... Uh, we really appreciate you. Yeah. Gosh. So what's next for you two? I, I really, I, thank you so much, but what, what's next for you two? What what are you wanting to do? What are, I mean, uh, somebody's asking here in, in the chat room, and I, I, I know the answer to this question. They're asking if you had Dr. Lear take a look at, at the object in your arm or other doctors even. Uh, what's your answer to that? Uh, I, no. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the answer is yes, essentially it was via Dr. Lear that I got my original x-rays. For that, I'm extremely grateful. Yes. Um, you know, that he was that that encouraged me to get the x-rays. I went through absolute hell with these x-rays. They're crazy all on their own. 
<laughs> we never went any further, Dr. Lear and I, but, but whoever yeah. asked that, I thank them for asking. And if I could add real quick, mm-hmm. I did have an opportunity not long ago to speak with an associate of Dr. Lear's that's one of his uh, scientists mm-hmm. that's involved in studying these unknowns. Yes. And um, he was extremely gracious to me, and I was extremely grateful for that conversation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, my, last, uh, my last offer to this gentleman when he and I were parting after this conversation was I asked him, I said, will any of you ever consider studying those of us who have these unknowns in our body that are not having them removed? And he indicated that that was a consideration. Because yeah. I'm quite puzzled why there are so many of us who may possibly exist that have these and nobody seems to be too interested in what's going on with us with these in our body. That's because uh, the government is well aware of them <laughs> and that helps them to track Hello. your cell phone clearer. <laughs> they hear your, your cell phone conversations a little bit more clear there, Alta. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I mean, truly, so. if they were like, you know, wow, this is amazing. Here's evidence right here of aliens existing. Let's take a closer look. Come on. They already know this is there. They already know That's what's right. going on. And, you know, right. and I'll, I'll state this real quick. Before I even knew I had any anything to do with aliens, alien contact, anything like that, the government paid me a visit. Left me puzzled. Didn't know why they were coming by. Didn't know why they were bugging a college student. Had no idea. Well, soon afterwards, I did. And I'm like, wow, really? Mm. You know, mm. so they are very, very well aware of everything that's going on. And uh, they're probably looking at you right now through your window. Um, <laughs> so. You know, probably so. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, 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 this, we've been too busy trying to just stay afloat around every, the, the humans that have fought us however they fought us haven't even had time to be concerned too much about all the rest of this insanity out there. Mm-hmm. Staying very focused on, you know, one foot in front of the other. I had a little, she called herself my sister, a friend from India that's a biochemist. When I first, when we, her and I first got involved with each other, of course, you know, this is one of the first things I share with her is this in my upper arm because, again, it is just underneath the top layer of skin no one can call me a liar when they touch and feel this in my arm. And she made it very clear to me in the very beginning. She, her, I'm paraphrasing it, but she made it clear that science is not interested. If it is not in the box, we are not interested. And I was so shocked, and I'm not shocked anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a sad uh, reality that's smacked in the face of, of people who are really, really regular people living their lives when, you know, they get alien hands steering things. And it's <laughs> it's so upsetting. It really is. It is crazy. It really it's is. Crazy. Uh, trust me, I understand. But you know what? You guys have a sense of humor about it. And that's what has pulled me through. Let me tell you. I mean, it's oh, it's yeah. not easy. But, um, you know, I, I want to just we only got a few minutes here left. But I want to ask you, do you think between yourself, yourselves, all three of you that were involved in this, this odd incident in the French Quarter, that you had individual separate experiences with perhaps some beings that were positive and some that were negative? 
Um, I, I believe mine were all positive. I, I, I had no negative uh, feeling towards them, or you know, or I, I didn't feel them ominous of any sort. Okay. We don't and know where J- Jacqueline is. I, I'm sorry, we do know she's written this her account and. In our conversations with her, she makes it very clear this was just a really weird night. And that's how she, you know, chalks it up. Um, So I don't get a sense of her feeling positive, negative, either or. In my case, um, you know, my experience was so amazing because I thought I was home. So home was something I'd never experienced before in that kind of sense. So whatever this is all about, they're all very separate kinds of experiences all wrapped up in one night. And uh, we all seem to be having something very different going on with us. And you each had different interactions with different types of beings. Absolutely. Um, I will also add, I realize we're running out of time, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Jacqueline, Jacqueline came back out of that, or, you know, from that night, uh, a few months later, she got pregnant. And she's had one child, and he's now, I'm not good with math, 97 to now. And he's quite remarkable. Advanced. He's absolutely (laughs) remarkable. Oh, wow. He and I have had shared dreams, him living in, uh, at the time, Colorado, me living in the South. And we had not seen each other, had never met, uh, other than when he was a baby, I hadn't seen him. But when he's about three or four, he and I start having shared dreams. So he's a powerful entity. Well, I, I hate to cut you off, but, you know, we're already at the end of the show. Yeah. Did you did you want to leave a way for people to get a hold of you or uh, on Facebook or anything like that? Or should I just, like, filter any questions that come my way to you? No, uh yeah, they can contact me. I've, 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 yeah, we love questions. Okay. Uh, they can Facebook me. I'm, I'm Chad Dillard uh, on Facebook. Okay. Um, and that that's that that's perfect. Wonderful. Well, I again, I thank you both for being so brave and for doing what you're doing and for looking for the answers. And you know, I think you and you both uh, you need to chat with me a little bit more on this. I'll see if I can help you get it out there even further. So. Wow. Once again, this is this is a blast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, too. All right. Well, you guys, once again, you can catch me here every Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. You've been listening to me, Heidi Hollis, The Outlander on Inception Radio Network. When remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. Good night, everybody. payments. 
thousands down. We interviewed the victims. Tell us what happened, ma'am. Well, I says to myself, self, go to Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. Every vehicle's just one dime down. And then? I ended up at some other dealer. Why? They had guaranteed credit. Let me guess. You had to put $4,000 down. Yeah, four grand. And there was no warranty. Next time, go to Mad City, Mad City Mitsubishi. They extend the factory warranty to 30 years, 300,000 miles. And all you need is a dime. Hundreds of pre-owned in stock now. But my credit stinks. Just ask for credit amnesty. If you bring home $350 a week, you get up to $30,000 in credit. Wow, 30 grand? Yes, ma'am. With only one dime total out of pocket. It's a crime to pay more than a dime. At the number two Mitsubishi dealer in the nation. Mad City. Mad City Mitsubishi. On the Beltline. Call 844-MAD-CITY. MadCityMitsubishi.com. Tax tag and fees financed. More info call 844-MAD-MEN-2.